Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Lou. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Thank you for tuning in to another episode on my show. When you become more conscious of the words you choose to use daily, then your world begins to transform around you. I live very intentionally with my purpose, my priorities, but I also try to be very aware of the words I use. For instance, a word not really in my dictionary is hate. Have you ever said, oh, don't you just hate blah, blah, blah? This statement might seem harmless, but it really discourages the essence of appreciation and gratitude in life. But gratitude is where all the magic happens. So look for things to appreciate, raise your vibration, and make your life better by understanding the power of words. Today on the show, I invited my guest, Gabe Cox, and we're going to talk exactly about that, the power of words. Gabe is an accountability and mental training coach. She is the author of the book, Mind Over Marathon and podcast host of the Red Hot Mindset podcast. She is passionate about helping you overcome your mental barriers so that you can run your best race and live your best life. So without further ado, let's hear it. Welcome to the show, Gabe. Thanks, Lucy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. Awesome. Let's go back in time. You know, we're talking about the power of words. Was there a time in life where the power of words affected you personally? Yeah, there is. And it actually stems back to college. So this is about, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago. And I actually struggled with a really, really deep depression. And at first, I didn't know what that was because it actually probably started in even middle school, high school, but I was kind of told, oh, you just have the blues, it'll go away, or all these things, you know, that people tell you. And I was that bubbly person. So I was the life of the party. I was always, I had tons of friends. People would not have seen what I was dealing with and what I was going through. And I was kind of a closed box at that point because I didn't think I should be struggling with these things. I didn't think that it was as bad as it was until one day in my junior year of college, I had this breaking point and I've, I had these thoughts that I've never had before. And um, I actually started cutting myself as well. And it was, it was just that sense of deep frustration, the deep unworthiness and just feeling so, so stuck and so far away that I wasn't gonna be able to get out. So I had called the mental health on campus and it was right before Christmas. They told me, uh, you know, we don't usually take new clients before a break or, and so we'll have to wait till after. And I just burst into tears and I did, I didn't know what to do. I let it all out. And they realized, uh, we need you to come in right now. And that's what, that was the first step in my recovery process, but it was a really long, long recovery because of how deep I had gone. And I was, the thing about it was I told myself all these negative things about myself, things I would never tell other people, but it started with my mind. It started with those words and all the things that I had told myself of who I was and how terrible things were. And I had to try and find a way to get out of that and those thought processes. So what were some of the things that you were telling yourself? 
I'd tell myself things like, I'm not worthy of success. I'm not worthy of um, having all these friends. Why, why do all these bad things happen to good people? Why, why do I feel so alone? Because I felt super alone. And it was really weird because I had friends everywhere I went. And the, the feeling of loneliness kept coming up and, I'm, and I couldn't fight it. It was, uh, you know, this deep sense of I'm an achiever. I was always busy doing things and I was good at everything I did, but feeling I couldn't get to the point I wanted to and just feeling somewhat like a failure because I was good at everything, but I wasn't great at one thing. So, you know, those were some of the thoughts that I had just thoughts of, I had, I had some suicidal thoughts, which I thought I would never, ever have because I mean, growing, I have a huge strong faith as well. And so part of me was like ashamed that I, these thoughts were coming in because I had told myself I would, that would never happen to me. And those thoughts were pretty scary. That's kind of when I knew that I couldn't do this by myself. What are the best resources that helped you along the way? A lot of prayer, but honestly, I went right on, I did go on medication and it did help me balance. I feel like there's a stigma that we should be able to do things on our own and that, you know, going the normal medical route might not be the best idea. But I think it when you're in those points and you can't think straight and you're thinking negative, you really need that boost and you need that help so that you can learn the tools that it takes to overcome it naturally. And so I went right on medication and it was a learning process to find what was going to actually work for me. But I, I was... That's actually when I started this personal development journey that I had no idea I was doing. It was just, I'm, I'm a reader. So I'd go to the bookstore and I just went and read all the titles and I found one that stuck out to me and resonated with me, right? Actually, one of them was called Lord Change My Attitude. And it was a really, really great book. And because it talked about how the Israelites were in the wilderness. And that's where I was. I was so in the wilderness trying to get to the promised land. And uh, so that one was a really good one that actually started that momentum of, okay, maybe I need to um, start this growth in myself and start learning how to deal with these things. And the second book that I read that actually, I would say, I would almost say changed my life, but it wasn't the book itself that changed my life. It was the principles in it that I used that helped me change my life, but it was what to say when you talk to yourself by Shad Helmstetter. And it really helped me break down the fact that what I was going through was mindset. It was things that I had told myself for years that I had to now change those words to be positive or to be words of who I want to be and change the unworthiness to a worthiness. And so that, that book was one of the tools. And then the other tools were uh, mentorship, being around a positive association, finding a group of people who were going in the same direction, who wanted that positivity, who wanted to change their lives, to uh, grow personally and to become better. And I would say that was one of the best things because one of the worst things is being around negative and having that negative atmosphere that can really drag you down. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take you to make that transformation to positive living? It, it took, I mean, I feel like I'm still learning and growing, but it, it took a good solid couple of years to really start feeling confident in who I was. Uh, but honestly, from when I started medication 
to when I came off of it was probably only about six months because I, I retrained myself and started speaking. I learned that, okay, if I, if something negative comes to my head, the only way to change that negative is to actually speak something positive because when you're speaking out loud, you can't think the negative. So it helped me to come up with some different little mantras or things to say when, when a certain thing came up, like I'm not worthy, I could say, I'm worthy and it's my time and, or, you know, different things like that. I could just, as soon as it comes, I had to be willing to speak it out loud, even if I didn't feel like it, because I knew that it would start changing my mindset and really words aren't, words are super, super powerful, but they're not everything because we still have to take the action in them. Like we can't just say these things and make it happen. It's not like a woo-foo kind of thing, but it does help us to start changing that mindset to be that positive person to understand that even in our trials, we can have these victories. So I would say it was probably like a two year process of really, really coming out of what was years and years of training at myself in the negative to train myself to overcome it and combat it. And I would say that it still seeps in sometimes because my thoughts will go there. And then, but the thing about now is that I have the tools to make sure I never go back to that place. Absolutely. Um, Your voice, you know, your voice that you speak, the positive voice has got to be louder than that little lying voice inside of your head, right? Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing. We're our own worst enemies. You know, we speak to ourselves more than anyone else speaks to us. And we are way more negative to ourselves than we are to anyone else. So I always kind of we quote it to this. I mean, I have three boys at home and I think about the fact like the negative thoughts that come in or the negative things I say about myself. I think about it and go, would I say these things to my kids? Would these things come out of my mouth about them to them or even to my husband or even a best friend, right? We would never ever say those things. So why do we think it's okay to talk to ourselves like that? It's not because words, I mean, they say sticks and stones won't hurt or will hurt. Wait, what is it? What is that? It's sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, I think it's the opposite. I think I'd rather break a bone than have those negative words coming at me because those negative words actually sink deeper than a broken bone. So what is your favorite word now? Oh, that's a good question. I think my favorite word, I think, is vision. And I think it's because in order to live a prosperous and joyful life, we have to have a vision for ourselves. We have to have something that we're either looking toward or working toward or something that we find passion or fulfillment in. And so I think vision, when you have that vision, you see through a different lens than you would without it. I love that. And really after that vision though, it takes work like you just talked about. It's not just the affirmations, but yes, they're the starting points. You have to start with affirmations, positive speaking words, but then you have to take action. Absolutely. The action is the most important part because the words will are kind of that starting line, but to get to the finish, you have to take control and actually do something with those words because we could tell ourselves all day we're awesome or whatever that we are going to smash this goal that we have and this dream is going to come true. But if that's all we have is words, then it's really just a mere wish. There's nothing we can, I mean, we're not going to do anything toward it. Then it's not really a dream at all. So. 
Yeah, I find a lot of times like people would say, well, I want to exercise. I want to work out. I hope I get to work out, right? And one of the words I usually take out of my dictionary is the word I hope. Well, we can hope for things that's out of our control, right? Like I hope for world peace. I hope other people will like me. That's because it's not in my control. But when it's in your own control, you should never say I hope because it's in your own control and you have the power to do something about it. Then it would become action. You say, I will exercise for 30 minutes tonight. And that makes a world of difference. Are there certain words that you keep out of your dictionary? Yeah, I think that's what you just said is just so true and being specific and timely in those things. I The one thing that I keep out of the dictionary is I can't. And so my kids even know that we aren't allowed to say I can't. Um, not, I mean, we. I don't think that, I think there are some things that maybe we can't do, right? But maybe because we don't want to or because that's not in our wheelhouse. But we rephrase it instead to say, how can I? So it becomes a positive light where it says, okay, I'm going to work through these, this question and see if I can come up with some solutions. So how can I? And so that's one huge one that I keep out of my dictionary. Absolutely. And another word came to mind that I try not to say to be honest, because it seems like everything else I've ever said was not the truth. So there's all these words that I really consciously try to avoid, but of course, sometimes they come up, but it's that awareness, right? So you're keeping your mind very aware of what you're talking about, what's coming out of your mouth, and you kind of pause and think sometimes before the wrong words come out and affect you emotionally, mentally, and, you know, with relationships as well. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And I, now that I've had kids, I find even more of an awareness because they are my mini-me's and they will re-say anything I say, right? So all of a sudden I'm like, where did you hear that? And then I go, oh, shoot, I have some work to do, right? And so it's actually my own little conscience in a way where I can kind of keep myself on track because I don't want my kids going down that same path that I did. I want them to understand how to be victorious, how to win and how to take their failures and grow from them and not stay there where I stayed for a really long time. Absolutely. And would you think that experience in college was the biggest lesson that you have learned in life? I think I've learned so many different lessons along the way that it was probably my biggest lesson in my young age because it was such a big thing to deal with. It was probably one of my biggest lessons and one of the biggest trials that I've had to overcome. I do think that it actually did shape me into who I am today and it helped refine me and uh, bring me to be this person who can now teach and train others or be that inspiration or just share that I can I can empathize with someone who's going through that because I've been there. I think that's probably the deepest trial that I've had in that way. What other advice would you give someone going through personal development journey or maybe just starting their business, doubting themselves, not feeling worthy? I think my biggest advice is find somebody to connect with, whether it's a coach or a mentor or just another friend who supports you. Because finding those key players 
who can speak into your life, who can speak life, who can be your cheerleaders, who can go after something with you. I think it helps us to one, have have that accountability. So it kind of keeps us going because again, just like we're worse to ourselves in our words, we also will quit on ourselves easier than we'll quit on anyone else. So if we have somebody else there holding us accountable or cheering us on, it feels like we're actually doing it also for someone else. So it's harder to quit. So I think that's the biggest advice. If you're starting up a business or if you are in that dark place, seek out somebody that you trust that can walk with you and help you because there are times when we can't really see what's going on in us where other people really can pull out our giftings and they can pull out things that we may not see when we look in the mirror. And so having that camaraderie is really, really key. Now you're probably on top of things most of the time. (laughs) When you have those lower energy days, what do you do to reset yourself? I take the day off to be honest. Sometimes I feel like I bought, because here's the thing about expectations. I have a lot of expectations for myself. Um, A lot of drivers do. So if you're a business owner or a driver type, you know, three, any, or is it type four, whatever it is that I am on the Enneagram, but the driver, we don't want to stop and we have all these expectations. But the thing is I had to, I had to realize that these expectations were not coming from someone else. They were coming from me. And I just had too high of ones. I wouldn't have these kinds of expectations on someone else. Or if I did, they would quickly burn out and no longer be my friend. Um, And so I just had to learn that when I have those days or those feelings, it's okay to step back and to do something that I enjoy too, like just step back and maybe even relax. It's hard for me to relax, but when you sit there and be able to reflect, sometimes that's the best moments of revelation and the best moments to even just grow. And so I'll go, I'll go on a run. That's kind of my thing. Or I just sit or just go enjoy my kids for the day because I work, work, work. And sometimes I forget that play is okay too. So whenever those moments come, those are kind of the things I do. I say, it's okay to take that day off. I'm not behind because that's my own expectation, right? I can always readjust and decide how I'm going to move forward in my own goals. The other thing is to really, really get clear about what your goal or your vision is for your business before you do too much. Really take that time. A lot of people don't want to take the time to goal set or to come up with a plan. And actually, that's one of the most important pieces because the plan is going to change. It's just a piece of the puzzle. And yes, you're going to have bumps in the road and you're going to have to shift and change things. But without one, there's really no clear direction. And it's way easier for us to get stuck. And the other thing that I would say is to come up with small wins and not just this huge, big, massive goal, because that big, massive goal is so, so, so far away, or it feels like it. So as soon as a bump comes, it's easier to quit. But if you have these small wins and these little victories along the way, it's easier to have that motivation to keep going. Do you have a favorite quote that keeps you motivated? I was thinking about that because I figured you'd probably ask me. I love John Maxwell. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to quote him exactly, but he's one of my favorite leadership coaches. And he talks about how what we need is little small disciplines every day over time become big successes. And so it's really just about taking those little habits that we think could be minuscule, but just keep doing them over and over and over again, because that's what does lead to a bigger platform or a bigger success. 
Thank you for your wisdom. Where can our listeners connect with you online? Absolutely. So I, my website is www.redhotmindset.com. That's my podcast name as well, Red Hot Mindset. And you can find me hanging out on Facebook or Instagram under Red Hot Mindset. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Lou Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal-setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 